And there we go. We are back again for another fantastic conversation on Friday Night Counter-Attack. And this week, we're joined by a very special guest from Di Maurizio all the way in Italy, in Milano. Uh, this week, the, the return of Serie A is back as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing one of the most hotly uh, de- yeah, hotly debated leagues in, in the world right now at the moment as well. So I needed to speak to someone from Italy. I've already went to Italy this year, or uh, the season, I should say. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens in Serie A as it, as it is a four-horse title race as well. Um, coming up on the podcast, we've got one very special guest. We're going to be talking all about uh, big transfer rumours all across Europe, big transfers over the season so far as well. We're going to be talking about the Manchester derby, of course, and the Arsenal versus Spurs game, North London derby, the Serie A title race, and Serie A players to watch for the rest of the season. It gives me great pleasure to introduce my special guest from Di Maurizio, football journalist out in Italy, in Milano, Luca Bendoni. Luca, how are you doing, my friend? It's good Thanks to see so you. Thanks a lot, my friend. Good to see you too. I hope yeah, I gave a, you a suitable introduction for the big th- grand occasion that we've got today. Thanks, thanks a lot. It's a pleasure to be here, for sure. Fantastic. Thanks a lot, my friend. How are you? Everything I'm, fine? I'm good today. I'm sorry I had to disappoint you by wearing an Inter Milan jersey, but it's the no, only it Italian... Does, it, it does not disappoint me. It does not okay. disappoint me, my friend. It's absolutely. Okay. That's all good. Um, but no, I'm just absolutely to... neutral about my football team, so it Ooh. does not disappoint me. Yeah, you, that's good. I, I do not support uh, anything. You're just here. Yeah. You're just here for the objectivity, which is the best thing. Appreciate yeah. the football for what it is, which is great. Um, but no, before we move into the podcast, can you just tell our our listeners a bit about yourself, how you got into football journalism, and what you really okay. enjoy about being a football journalist? For sure. So I'm very young, still very young, because I'm 17 years old. But I'm an aspiring journalist working for Gianluca Di Marzio, collaborating with him. Mm. Um, I'm with him for. A little bit a while right now because it's like three years I've been with him, uh, and uh, it's very interesting because he he basically uh, met me. I met him because I waited for Gianluca Di Marzio outside the, a restaurant because he was my idol and I was an aspiring journalist, even if I was very very young because I was 13 years old at the time. And uh, I waited for him, and he told me, "Yeah, if you have news, uh, that's my contact." And so I had news, luckily, and so. Uh, basically now I'm in his team and it's an amazing experience. I love football. And when I understood at 10, 11 years old that I could not become a football player because I had not the physical and, and, uh, and the, the abilities and the skills to, to become a football player, I, I said to myself, yeah, I want to, to become someone in football and what's the best way? Maybe journalism. So I started with that and I'm very, very keen on football transfers, uh, not just in Italy because I'm trying to expand my my views also on European football and so right now I'm here with you and it's a pleasure fantastic don't worry I won't ask you about the Jao Felix deal um from Atletico Madrid to, to, to Chelsea we'll talk about other deals that are happening in, in and around England later on as well but no that's a really nice story and it's a very heartwarming uh, story as well there Lucas so I'm really happy things are working out for you as well and long may it continue uh, moving forward as well so if you don't support a team in Italy, do you have a team anywhere else in the world, like your favorite team at all? Well, it's very uh, difficult to explain to foreign people, but I actually uh, kind of see uh, or support, if you want to say, but sympathize is more correct as a word, n- not perfectly support, uh, because I'm very friend with um, Serie C Sporting Director, uh, Sporting Director of a third-tier uh, club, the third yeah, yeah. league in Italy, Serie C. Uh, I wouldn't say the club, but yeah, basically I go to every match of them. So uh, that's that's my team, if I have to say a team. And yeah, for foreign, foreign clubs, actually, I don't have a preferred one. Of course, I was influenced uh, when I was uh, also younger, even if I, I'm still young, uh, by the football manager careers or FIFA careers. So maybe when a year I decided to go to AS Monaco, I, then I supported that year AS Monaco or Valencia another year and, and many other themes. But I don't have a, a specific or preferred theme. Don't worry, I've done that before as well. I'm a Man United fan. I'm a Man United fan. But one time I did a career mode with Bayern Leverkusen and I liked them so much. I went over to... Berlin to watch Leverkusen play Hertha Berlin. I was like, wow. yeah, that's how, much, story, mate. that's how much I like the career mode on FIFA. So it's good fun. And it's good that someone else has that kind of 
uh, sentiment to FIFA career mode yeah, as well. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a bit common. Uh, I'm not the only one. Also, my friends uh, like support their teams on on career mode. Then they get into it and uh, and they go watching them. Maybe uh, I also watched a game of Slavia Praga, the team Slavia Prague, yeah. and. Uh, they were in Milan playing against Inter Milan, and I was uh, very interested by Slavia Praga. The year before, they made this uh, Europa League, um, you know, oh. route. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they had this very interesting run in Europa League. The year before, I discovered them because, yeah, I knew there was there were two teams in Prague, Sparta and Slavia. Uh, I went to Prague with my family, and I decided which one to support because there was the derby match that precise week and i decided to, uh, to attend the derby match at the stadium and i fe uh, i fell in love with slavia praga uh, at that time but right now i do not support I, I never supported them but it was a pleasure to have the opportunity to watch them uh playing in milan and there were some players that i liked a lot thomas socek that is now playing for west ham and last year he did a great year but also la inca sima abdallah sima is a interesting talent but right now he's not playing a lot he Ooh. went to to Brighton, I think, mm. uh, and then to Stoke City on loan last year. And now I I kind of lost him. Mm. And what about you and and your story with Man United? Uh, so yeah, I, I've always been a Man United fan um, from from early. So my uncle's a Man United season ticket holder. Has been there for now thirty years at Old Trafford, which is great. Um, but yeah, ever since I've had a job, I've always had tickets to go to watch games. I've always been a big fan of them. Unfortunately, when I got a job, Luca, it was when Man United starts to go downhill. So. I think the season afterwards, David Moyes became our manager. I got to see us lift the Premier League trophy, but finally things are looking a lot more promising under Ericsson Hag. So I tend to go to a lot of home games. I live quite close to the ground, which is quite nice and quite neat. Um, so I'm quite happy to go there. And I like going with my friends and family a lot, but I'm really looking forward to Manchester United for the rest of the season as well. And we're in the semi-final um, of the League Cup as well. So I'm very happy about that. Um, yeah, this, this season, season is going better than the last ones for sure. 100%. It's been a, a tough time bit, for Man United fans yeah. over the last 10 years. Very, very tough. How, how um, did you live it? It's how did... Yeah. Uh, it's, just, it's just with different people, to be fair with you as well. So sometimes I'll go with my family, sometimes I'll go with my friends. And for some people, it's like their first game. But for me, it's like my 17th, 18th, whatever game it is. And I'm just like experiencing it for the first time every single time I go because I really enjoy going to watch Man United. And even yesterday when Manchester City lost against Southampton in the League Cup. I was like, wow, we finally have a chance to win and lift in some silverware. So I'm really happy about that um, going forward as well, which is great fun. But no, thank you for asking. That's a lovely question. Never been asked that on my own podcast before, Lucas. So thanks very much. <laughs> it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's all good. Um, but no, first things first, we're going to be talking about the main topic of conversation today from Italy, the Serie A title race. So we've got four teams in this title race here, Luca. We've got Napoli, we've got Inter Milan, we've got AC Milan, and we've got Roma as well. And recently, obviously... And we got Juventus. Oh, we've got Juventus as well. I keep forgetting about Juventus. Roma, they recently drew 2-2 two -two to AC Milan. That's why they're on their yeah. mind. That Tammy Abraham goal, that last-minute one at the San Siro. Um, but yeah, Juventus are back into, into good form under Allegri, especially after getting knocked out of the Champions League. I just want to hear your first thoughts on it, Luca. Who do you think is going to win the Serie A? Who's looking strongest at the moment? Do Napoli have enough to actually withstand the pressure from more experienced title challenges? What do you think? Yeah, well, I think that right now Napoli are well advantaged because they have a lot of points uh, of advantage. Uh, they are first and they are first from the starting of the season because yeah. they, they have been always convincing with some very, very good scouting and recruitment. Because Kvaraskelia, you know, he he was what a joy, what a yeah. joy. I'm I'm trying to convince my cousins to go on a European trip to Napoli or to Frankfurt just to watch him play. I really want to yeah. see this guy live. He looks amazing. It would be a, it would be a good idea in my opinion because I never had the opportunity and the chance to watch him live. But yeah, for sure, he's yet. a very very interesting player yet. Yeah. Because when he's coming back to the San Siro next year, if he stays in Napoli, uh, I'll be watching him for sure because. I also live close to San Siro, like three kilometers far. So oh, nice. uh, I always attend the games for both AC Milan and Inter Milan when I can, when I have the possibility. And and so it's always a pleasure. And I was at the San Siro last night uh, for AC Milan Roma. Not last night, but yeah, almost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, it has been kind of disappointing for the stadium. You know, they felt it like they were going to win uh, the match. They were 2-0 uh, up. And with a uh, uh, basically 15 minutes uh, running, and then 
Roma did this very, very uh, interesting and uh, uh, and hard because they play, they played a very tough game. They they did a lot of falls, uh, some yellow cards, and they draw drawed it on the physicality. Yes. You know, the physical aspect for AS Roma is very very important, as in basically every Mourinho team because uh, Mourinho is based on physicality and his type. His game plan is always to be physical, to be strong. Also with um, the you know the the corners or other other possible occasions, and that's how Roma drove that game. And um, for sure, Juventus they are going very very strong because in the last eight games they conceded zero goals, and that's a very very important aspect. They won all last eight games, Definitely. and. Four win of these eight were one nil, so they continue going on one nil, one nil, one nil, and that's when you can actually win the championship, the the, the scudetto, because if you go over without conceding goals and then you have the ability to find yourself uh, so strong and to find the way of the goal and score one goal or two goals, whatever it is, yeah, that's that's amazing, uh, you know. And so they won. They won eight of the last eight matches in Serie A after a disappointing starting of the season because yes. they went out of the Champions League and they were not going good. Also in the Serie A, they have been uh, in the in the right part of the um, of the table for for a while. So Definitely. now now they're going they're going very well. And of course, we cannot forget Inter Milan because right now Inter Milan. Before we they move are, on to Inter Milan, I yeah. just want to ask you, Napoli versus Juventus tomorrow, at time of speaking, yeah. uh, tomorrow, Friday night evening, that will be a Friday night cracker of a game, I would say, for the Friday night podcast that we're on, uh, which is good fun. What's your prediction for that game? Because they're two title challenges. Aren't they first and second at the moment? In yeah, Syria? first and second. First Talk and to second. me about that. How's Kovarov-Skelia going to be doing against this Allegri defence? What do you think about that? That would be the match of the season, for sure. Mm. Because at the moment, it's decisive i would say it's a clutch match because if napoli that's a, that's a great term that's a yeah. very good term that is oshiman and kavara skelly on attack they need to be on clutch because if napoli napoli win it basically they've all in their hands and i don't know yeah they can still lose but it's very difficult because they they could have that much advantage uh, to be a little bit safer and more sure you know to go to go far and if Juventus uh, happened to win, yeah, that would be the the title opener. Basically, they, they will be two contenders with AC Milan 2, with Inter Milan 2, with AS Roma. But I think AS Roma right now are contenders for a Champions League spot, the fourth spot, uh, and not for the title. Maybe next year, because they are doing a very interesting project. And for next year, take a look at Atalanta and their new jewel, uh, Hoylund. And we're going to speak about him for sure because he's a player to keep an eye on also for English transfers uh, in, in future, maybe. Not this year, maybe the next year because he's doing very well. But oh, Juventus-Napoli, yeah, so Napoli-Juventus is a, a top match. A tough match for sure because Napoli has a very, very strong attack. Quara, uh, Ozyman, etc. Offensive players, very interesting team. And Lobotka in the middle uh, giving balance. But Juventus... They are basically the best defense of this Serie A and Allegri's team are known for being good defenders. Right now they are in a top form moment. So it will be definitely a game to watch and probably the game of the season in Serie A, if, even if the race is still open. What do you think about that then? Kim Min-Jae versus Vlahovic. Kavarovskelia versus... Um, I don't, who is a right-back for Juventus? Or right Danilo. Danilo. Danilo, I think, at the moment. That's yeah. it. Danilo at the moment. And he's playing very well. Oshiman yeah. versus Delit. Uh, no, Delit's not there, is he? Who's who's centre back? Bremer, yeah. See, I'm bad is, at this. I keep playing, forgetting yeah. these players. Yeah, Bremer versus very, very, Oshiman will be very a very interesting good game on both sides, both the Vlaovic and Kim side and the Kvara side, basically Kvara, Oshiman, etc. Napoli are very more offensive uh, if we if we confront the two teams. Yeah, and Juventus are defensive, so that's where. It, can be interesting because Juventus with a counter-attack, maybe they can do something. And Napoli, I think Napoli are going to have the ball and they're going to play and they're going to uh, to find Kvara uh, on, on the left wing 
maybe some good plays, some good skills from him. Even if he has been subbed off for two matches in a row right now, because against Inter, Napoli lost and Kvara was subbed off. Yeah, and I also was against watching that Sampdoria. Game as well. mm. And against Sampdoria too, Kvara was subbed off at the six, basically at 60 minutes. So not even in the last five or 10 minutes. Maybe Definitely. it's a strategical move for the Juventus game. It could be. Resting uh, him, yeah. saving him for some minutes yeah, as well exactly, against Juventus, exactly. the larger game. Definitely. What do you think about that match? Uh, I think this game is going to be the best attack in Serie A versus the best defence in Serie A at the moment. I'm really looking forward to seeing how Napoli play against this experienced Juventus side as well. And it will really tell if they're definitely title challengers or they're just going to be there for another top four finish for Napoli as well. And I definitely think with this Napoli side with this attack, if they do go on to win the league, everyone in Europe will be looking at their players. They'll be looking at uh, Zambo and Giza, they'll be looking at Kim Min Jay, Lobotka, like you mentioned as well, Kavara Skelia and Victor Oshiman as well. Me being a Man United fan, my number one signing who I want next season for a striker has to be someone as good as Victor Oshiman. I think it's fantastic. I think it's an yeah. absolute joy of a striker to watch as well. And someone coming from Nigeria, Gattuso spent, I think, 60, 70 million euros on him as well. Brilliant signing and Napoli definitely won't want to sell him for anything cheaper than 80, 90 million euros, in my opinion, anyway. That's how I see it. And I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing if this Juventus side can continue their great form with someone like Paul Pogba coming back into the squad, getting back into full fitness as well, which will be really, really good. And I'm really looking forward to watching this Napoli versus Juventus game tomorrow. Now, I just want to ask you about the two Milan sides before we move on as well. Inter Milan, AC Milan, two questions for you. One, is this the best Serie A title race in years? Is this the best time we've got to see four or five teams looking to get into the Serie A title? And two, which one's going to finish higher? AC Milan or Inter Milan? Well, very hard to say, but I think that's not the best title race ever in the Serie A or in the last, I don't know, 10 years, but yeah, almost. 10 years, I was going to say, almost. Almost, almost. Uh, Almost the best because last year it was terrific between mm. Inter Milan and AC Milan. That was uh, a good one. It was yeah, a really good last, one last season. At last AC Milan won, but Inter Milan, they fought hard until the last second. Uh, they won the last match, but it was totally useless, you know, mm -hmm. because AC Milan won it too and they were uh, two points uh, in advantage. But yeah, um, this year, yeah, this year maybe is the first year of the last 10 that we see four or five teams that are contenders. But yep. last year, it has been terrific with uh, this this title race between Inter Milan and AC Milan. That has been absolutely amazing to watch. Definitely. And uh, this year, we have Napoli very, very strongly going forward on the on the on the Scudetto race. And about the second question, who is going to finish higher? Is very difficult to say because Inter Milan and AC Milan are living. Uh, yeah, actually a similar uh, moment because they both drawed match matches that were basically going to be to be won, and then they 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 didn't win. So I think the next game will tell us a lot more about them. They both uh, went to the um, they they I don't know how to say it. You know, after the 90th minute in Coppa Italia, in, in the League Cups, when you go to the... Extra time. Uh, extra time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they went on the extra time. And uh, Inter won against Parma, 2-1 in the extra time. And Ace Milan lost against Torino. Yes. So that's, that's also another factor to be considered. And uh, yeah, I think AC Milan could go higher this year. Uh, but at the moment, the distance is so, so reduced that I cannot predict anything. Yeah. Basically. It's only a three-point gap in at the moment as well, I think, in the title race, which is crazy to see. Uh, AC Milan in third, Inter Milan in fourth as well, respectively. I just want to know a bit more about some of their plays as well. So obviously, wearing the Inter Milan shirt, I only bought this because this was a season where Inter Milan won the Scudetto and Romelu Lukaku made a big uh, impression in that season as well for Antonio Conte. I just want to know from you, uh, one for Inter Milan, one for AC Milan as well. I know... For a lot of them, they have a lot of contract issues at the moment as well. Skriniar, Denzel Dumfries, the whole Romelu Lukaku situation as well. Are, are Romelu Lukaku... Uh, no, sorry, let me repeat that. Is, are Inter Milan better without Romelu Lukaku or better with him? And then the second question, 
How long do you think Rafael Leal has at AC Milan before a bigger club comes in for him to try and buy him for 100 million euros? So Lukaku first, then uh, Rafael Leal. Two amazing questions, in my opinion. Uh, and I also question myself about that mm. because I, I watch both teams, both clubs. And so I, I want to be very much informed and I question myself and many other sources about these situations. Yeah. So on the Lukaku situation, I think he will stay at Inter also the next year. And I think Ooh. that Inter, yeah. And I think that Inter are better with him, but when he's in top form. Yeah. Not uh, as a bit, but yeah. player, not as a substitute because it doesn't impact the game. Exactly. Properly. Exactly. This summer, last summer, I was speaking with Bobo Vieri. I don't know if you know him. I think, yes. He he was a, a top striker in Serie A. He scored like 300 goals. Wait, Vieri. Christian Vieri? Yeah, Christian Vieri, for sure. Wait, what? You just, you just said it so casually. Oh, yeah, speaking to Bob. Is that his nickname? Bobo Vieri? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, okay, and... okay. Next time you're on the podcast, invite him on, please. We'll have a chat. I'll okay. speak to Christian Vieri okay. any day of the week. Um, Instagram so, legend. But I, no, sorry, carry on. You're speaking yeah. to Christian Vieri. I, I was speaking with him and he was very similar to Romelu Lukaku as a, as a type of striker because he was very physical, left-footed. And he told me, when I was playing, I had to be at my top form because if I wasn't, I wasn't going to impact any game, basically. Yes. And Romelu is like me because with Conte and with Pintus, that was the physical condition coach at yep. that time, um, they made him work so hard that he was in the perfect condition for him. They built a perfect game for him because with counterattack, with faster, fast counterattack, so Romelu Lukaku could impact on every game and could do very well basically in every game. Bullying uh, right defenses, now, scoring goals, holding up play. He was a monster in that season for Inter Milan. And that's exactly. what we want to see more uh, from him because unfortunately for a lot of people, they always look down on Romelu Lukaku, especially after the World Cup when he came on as a substitute, when he was still injured, to be fair as well. And he missed a lot of those chances for Belgium and they got knocked out of the World Cup. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, he got a lot of the blame. But I, I really like Romelu Lukaku personally. Being a Man United fan, he scored 25 goals in the Premier League for us in one season. So I really respected him for what he did under Jose Mourinho and at Manchester United. So I, I always want to see Romelu Lukaku do well uh, for Inter Milan. You see, under Jose Mourinho, you said, because it's very important for Romelu to have some defensive counter-attack playing style. You know, yeah. Simone Inzaghi, uh, he, he likes to have the ball, but also to, to be on counter-attack. So he's like a balanced game style okay yes. and I think Romelu could fit well in that kind of game style but he has to be at his top condition at his peak okay and right now he's not also influenced by uh, physical and psychological aspects because when you miss three three tap-ins basically as he did um, in Belgium uh, with at the World Cup with Belgium yeah. yeah you know it's very difficult for you to 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 go over on on that and then you, you go back at your top four. Definitely. So about Romelu, we can say that. And about yeah. Rafael Leao, he's a joy to watch. Oh when, every every time I go player, to the San Siro, such a good I player see, to watch. I see the players for the warm-up, they go on the pitch. He arrives always last. Always. Always. Mm. Every time he's the last one to enter the pitch. The the fans chanting for him. He has a, a chant dedicated to him. And so AC Milan fans, they are just, you know, uh, amazed by him. And, and so do I, because even if I'm neutral, you know, when a player, he's a, a top one, you can see it as it's Quara, Leao too. Leao, I watch him basically not every weekend, but almost. I watched him live uh, like seven times this year. And every time he knows how to, to score or how to assist. Last game against Roma, he didn't play well, actually, because Leao... He has this very particular mentality in Milan. He feels like a star, you know. He knows that he's the top player and that AC Milan depend a lot on him. And so uh, he he didn't play a good match, but uh, he assisted once for Pobega for the 2-0. Uh, so he's important even when he's not playing that much well because Roma are a very defensive and physical team and he was uh, it was not easy for him. But Absolutely. he assisted Povega, and right now AC Milan are working on his contract extension. Uh, that's a very difficult situation. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that as well because there were. I think he just um, he debunked those rumors about having demanded eight point eight million pounds a year, and he said it was fake news recently. Fake exactly. news, isn't it, for demanding that much money, wasn't it? 
I don't know if it's fake news indeed or is just saying that it's fake news. Yeah. I know what AC Milan offered him, and that's more than seven million euro. Uh, it's six point five plus one point two add-ons. Okay. Oh, wow. And that's I, a I very... personally think he's worth that because he would be he'd be the next for the next four or five years the poster boy of AC Milan. He'd yeah. be why people want to come to the San Siro and watch AC Milan, being one of their top stars. And uh, yeah, I think he's worth that. And I think also that for AC Milan and for generally an Italian team, that an exaggerated amount of money, you know, for him, mm -hmm. it's right. Okay. But it's very difficult for an Italian team to afford that kind of salary. So Definitely. yeah, let's see if he stays, if he extends his contract. Now there's this proposal on the table. Uh, his lawyer, Ted Dimvula, is going to be in Milano soon. Maybe Ooh. already this week, maybe the next one. And are going to meet AC Milan and speak about that. Speak about this situation and possibility. I think that he wants to stay. But of course, it's not a, an easy situation because he wants to stay. But he wants also the help of the club on the economic situation. Because he has a very difficult situation uh, with Sporting Lisbona, with Sporting Lisbon. Yeah. Club de Portugal and uh, uh, also with Lille because when he transferred from Sporting to Lille, I don't know if you all say uh, you know the situation in England, but when he transferred from Sporting to Lille, um, basically this transfer was considered illegal by Sporting. Oh, really? And, yeah, because they had some clauses in the contract, etc. And so he has to pay now because the the there was a um, a trial. And he was found guilty. Basically, yeah. uh, he has to pay like 16 million euro to, sp to Sporting Lisbon. Yeah, 16 million. And so That's he crazy. wants he wants some money from AC Milan, and we, we all can can think why because yeah, that's why basically he Just deserves them, from but it, really. he he also needs them. So that's why it's a difficult situation because the economic aspect is so important. I think. On just the football matters, he finds very good in Milan and at AC Milan. Milan is his city where he has grown a lot, and also he seems happy as well. He seems yeah, happy when he plays, them, which happy. is a which is a big thing. Um, From his camp, they tell me he's happy and he would like to stay. Definitely. Now, I'd really like to see more Rafael at AC Milan as well. It'd be a fantastic uh, player to see him grow and grow the club as well, even better into their former glory days. One last question on Syria before we move on to the Premier League. Who's going to have the better season? Kavara Skelia or Rafael Liao? Who's the better player in your opinion? So, I wanted to, to tell you the exact same question. And so I'm going to tell you after I, I answer. Okay. I mean, Rafael Liao did uh, more things than Kvara because he has been good for the last season and this season too. Mm. Kvara, he has been good for this season only. But he has been good also in European field, uh, at Anfield. Rafael Liao at Stamford Bridge, he performed a good match, but it was not as he, he had not the same impact at, as Kvara at Anfield. He, he was know? dominated by Rhys James. That's what the English media said. Like Rhys James just had a hold on him say, the whole game. I would say uh, he had his skills, okay, because then Fofana went out the pitch injured mm. after Liao skilled him, you know, yep. dribbled him. But, um, yeah, Rhys James at the San Siro more than, um, than, uh, at Stamford Bridge. Rhys yeah. James played an amazing match, two amazing matches from Rhys James. And then he got injured and that was a, a very bad luck for him and for England, except in general, because, you know, uh, at the World Cup, he, he would have been very, very useful. I think we're doing very good about, against him. About, yeah. Uh, my thoughts is, I'm, I'm with you. I think Rafael Leao is a more complete player at the moment uh, than Kavarat Skelia as well. Kavarat Skelia is such a joy of a player to watch. They're both throwback wingers in a way. They used to like to dribble around defenders. They like their one-on-one -on -one, um, defending. Not, they, don't, they like their one-on-one -on -one attacking from what I see as well. So they like to take on a player, like to turn the speed up and then down again. So when they slow down a player, especially Kavarat Skelia, I think it was against Rangers. He just took the, the he just took the team for a whole ride. It was absolutely fantastic. He silenced Ibrox in a way, which you never really see in Scottish Champions League games as well, which is great. And especially his introduction to Champions League football against Liverpool, my arch rivals, Liverpool. I love it. I loved it. Um, because when I was watching the game, the highlights back, I was like, I've never seen this guy play. My friends who are Georgian, they told me about him for years, which is great. 
and they've always told me about him, but I've never seen him play properly. And when I saw him play, I was just filled with joy. I think they both bring you really good joy. They both bring really good pace, aggression, shooting. They're both fantastic at that. But I think at the moment, Rafael Leao is slightly better than Kavaris Gelli, a more rounded player, can play in different positions as well. And I'm really yeah. looking forward to seeing how both of these grow over the rest of the season. And hopefully they both stay in Italy for a good number of years as well, because Italian football needs these young superstars to build forward as well. Kavaris Gelli reminds me of a young Pavel Nedved, for goodness sake. So I'm really happy to see how he develops as well. And I definitely don't want them all to come to England, where they become like rotation players, someone like Jaden Sancho, someone like Jack Grealish, yeah, exactly. Um, in England, they I pay as well. They pay amazing transfer fees, like 120 million euros. And mm. when that kind of fee arrives to Italian clubs, it's impossible to reject. Almost impossible to reject yeah. because in Italian football, 120 million, you can do everything. Okay, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I hope they stay in Serie A. Kvara is a beast because yeah. he had an impact on the on this championship and this Scudetto race that is amazing. I didn't expect that. I knew he was a very good player. I spoke to Cristian Zaccardo, that is a former uh, football player. Also, he played for AC Milan. And, uh, another and one. Sort of, another former yeah. football player. No, okay. okay. The no, right uh, back, right? Zaccardo used yeah, to play right back. Exactly. Yeah. He, he won the World Cup in 2006 with Italy. And mm -hmm. he was the intermediary of the deal, okay? Of Kvaraschelia to Napoli. He was the intermediary. So, I met him uh, for, for luck, not for particular reasons. But oh, okay. I, also, I also... No, I also sometimes call him because uh, we, we have a good relationship but yeah he told me Kvara he's a very very good player uh, keep an eye on him and uh, buy him in your fantasy football <laughs> <laughs> because he he will bring you joy but I didn't expect this kind of impact I expected you know one month to adapt to the Serie A and maybe then to, to be a good player he has been dominating this league <laughs> mate I, I didn't know what to say at that time because I thought after he did one game well yeah, he's a good player, but let's see how it continues. Second game, let's see. Third game, let's see. Fourth game, yeah, okay, he's a beast. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> just so consistent. It just came out of nowhere as well to Napoli. And you don't... Exactly. Unfortunately for people in England, that is seen as normal. But when you're looking at it different places in Europe, it's exceptional. And I still find it exceptional. I still can't believe how well he's done so far in Italian football and I'm really happy and we predicted he's going to have a very good season as well and hopefully I can convince my, convince my family members to go to watch Napoli versus Frankfurt in the Champions League to see Kavara Skellia it would be an absolute joy to watch them play um, which would be great so um, I'm just going to oh, that's, yeah, that's fine um, okay. yeah yeah, we're all good it's just a bit of buffering okay. I think very good, good very good yep. yeah and yeah, just to fi uh, finish off the podcast before asking about your favourite transfers of the season, I need to talk about the Premier League because it is a very big weekend for the Premier League. We're going to be talking about two games in particular. And yeah, no two bigger games in English football, in my opinion, than the Manchester derby and the North London derby. So we'll talk about Man United versus Man City. Uh, but first, we'll talk about Arsenal versus Spurs. Have you found it watching from Italy, looking at how well Antonio Conte did? for a moment at Spurs and now how bad Spurs are at the moment um, around 6th, 7th position as well. What do you think? So I think that Conte teams, uh, they are based on on the preparation they do in the in, before the season starts. Okay, yeah. When the season starts, Antonio Conte works so hard. You can't even imagine. You can't even imagine, I tell you. Because he, he destroys players basically uh, in physical preparation and physical training. Uh, and there are some videos also of Tottenham players like Human Son and others, like they were exhausted on the pitch, like physically down. crying. They were yeah. done out here. It's crazy. Yeah, and he continues bringing like work hard, work hard, work hard. So he's a perfect motivator, and he's a very, very good in physical condition. Okay. Yeah. But then after the World Cup stop, you have seen it. Uh, you know, uh, the Antonio Conte team didn't have this preparation in their legs. And so they are, they are not going as well as they were going at the starting of the season. I think he's going to, to build up on that and to, to raise again, uh, Tottenham and Spurs yeah. because Spurs are a good team. They have very good players. Conte needs time to have a good project. Uh, generally, the first one or two years of Conte, he sees, he adapts, he looks at the players. Then he demands very high um, transfer, very important transfer investments, you know. Yeah. And then when this investment came, 
he works a lot hard and he wins championships. He's mm. famous for winning championships. Also, he won the Premier League with Chelsea and uh, the Serie A in with Inter Milan. In his first season as well. Yeah, in his first season, yeah. And um, in Italy, he won with Inter and Juventus, with Juventus multiple times. So when he wins, his project is terminated generally, mm. okay? But his project is to, to lend, to work, and to win. At the moment, he's working. Let's wait for him to win. And to win a trophy at Spurs, not easy, of course, because... Yeah, they, they are trophyless. 2008 yeah, have been yeah. trophyless since 2008, uh, which 2008, is great. 2008, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the Arsenal game as well? So Arsenal being top of the table in the Premier League, I think four or five points clear of Manchester City in second place as well. Only lost one game this season and are looking in fantastic form uh, winning in the last four Premier League games as well. Do you think Spurs have it in them to disrupt Arsenal, maybe get a draw, maybe even beat Arsenal? What do you think about that? So, as we, we were saying... Managers, they need time. When they are class managers, they need time. Arteta, he had time to work because last year at starting, he, he didn't go well. And uh, many people were, were like chanting Arteta out, Arteta out. And now mm. he's top of the table. He's working very, very well. Uh, he has a young group, a young team, maybe one of the younger of the Premier League. I don't know. I don't want yeah, to. Yeah, it's the youngest team in the Premier League. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, he's working fantastic. He's doing a fantastic work, an amazing work. So I think they are top of the table and they deserve this. Um, and they could continue their run uh, until the end. Of course, Manchester City is a tough uh, opponent, but they are doing very well. Yeah, Arsenal are doing very well. And North London Derby, it's very, very important to understand uh, how this second part of the season will go for for, for Gunners. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, with this game as well, there's, there's potential that uh, Bukayo Saka could miss the game because he has been injured recently as well. So I'm not sure if he's going to be back into the squad. But one of the signings that you talked about with Antonio Conte, Kulisevsky, is back in training with Spurs as well. So that could be a potential boost for Spurs to be looking to start him against this Arsenal side on Sunday. How do you think Spurs have done with their transfers recently as well, uh, Luca, with who they've got with Antonio Conte? I think they've done a good work in recruiting from Italy because Bentancur and Kulusevski uh, didn't play very well in Italy. Yep. Bentancur at, at Juventus, he was a rotation player. Uh, and when he started, you know, he wasn't one of the most loved by the fans. You know, yep. he was uh, an average player, totally average player at Juventus. He was considered like that. But he has a good physicality. He has a good passing and abilities that are th that fit him very well in the Premier League. Okay. Definitely. Kulusevsky too. Kulusevsky in Italy, he had this very, very huge transfer to Juventus, like for 40 millions. And then he, he didn't disappear. He did a good job at Juventus, but not as he's doing at Tottenham, because yeah. at Spurs, he has been amazing. So in recruiting from Italy, Fabio Paratici and Antonio Conte, that are Italians, mm -hmm. you know, they did an amazing job. And they are working good also on other kind of transfers. They bought Richarlison. That was a very, very important transfer. And I have to see him still going at his top potential because with Brazil, he has been amazing. With Spurs, not that good. Okay, Not finding a space in the starting 11. Exactly. He's been rotated sometimes on the bench, etc. Exactly. And mm. so I wait for Richarlison to, to, to go and explode, basically, and because he has the, the capability of doing that. Playing Definitely. on the wing or playing as a striker because he can play in both. Absolutely. Now, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do um, against Arsenal as well. Bissouma, I think, was a very good signing for Spurs. He's yet to fit into uh, always being in the starting position because you've got Holberg, you've got Bentoncourt, who's still injured, I think, as well. Um, again, another transfer from Italy to Spurs, which is great to see how they did as well. What's your prediction for the game? Do you think Arsenal will win or do you reckon Spurs will cause an upset and Antonio Conte will disrupt Arsenal's title charge? What do you think, Luca? First, I wanted to, to mention also another signing from Italy because I forgot him. But Cristian Romero, he's doing great. Yeah. Tottenham. And also with Argentina, he won the World Cup. And he was recruited personally by Fabio Paratici that had him at Juventus. And it was a really good permanent deal because it would have it saves them from using Davins and Sanchez, who hasn't really done that well recently at Spurs as well. So it's a very good deal from Spurs as well to get them permanently. And Atlanta came out with a really good deal, I think. Um, exactly. Atalanta yeah, because really he good. was at Juventus, then he has been loaned at Genoa, and then he went to Atalanta. Now, 
to Spurs. Atalanta did a very good deal because they earned a good money, and for Spurs it was a good deal too because they 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 bought a good player. Yeah. And about the match, I think uh, Gunners are going to win it, but it's always difficult to to think about this. Spurs they have many injured players, you know, Bisumar, Rodrigo uh, Bentancur, Kulusevski that is coming back, but maybe he's not at top fit, you know. And Richarlison too, his physical conditions, uh, you know, sometimes are good and sometimes not. So I think Gunners are going to win it. And uh, this match, it's not so important, but it's similar to Napoli-Juventus because Arsenal, for me, it's like Napoli, okay? They are yeah. having similar runs. They are top of the table with some points of advantage. With a young team as well. With a young team. And everyone wants to see if they can continue until the end. So this game for both Napoli and for Arsenal will give us as a very important uh, information about what they're going to do in their near future this year. What about, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to take something special for Spurs to be Arsenal in this North London derby. I think Arsenal is just looking fantastic, even with Gabriel Jesus has been injured recently as well. Martin Odegaard is looking world-class for Arsenal recently as well. And I think he's going to be one of the top players in the Premier League for years to come. Um, Gabriel Jesus has only scored, I think, five or six goals in the Premier League. But Eddie Nketiah has got a, a good goal scoring touch about him as well. And I'm hoping Saka, after he got a little knock, a little injury against Oxford in the FA Cup, hopefully comes back to start against them as well, which would be really good to see because he's actually been very enjoyable to watch Bukayo Saka. And he's one of England's best players at the World Cup. Um, for me personally as well, I thought he's fantastic. Um, but yeah, next game I want to talk to you about is the big one. Manchester United versus Manchester City. Um, Pep Guardiola recently lost um, yesterday by playing Kyle Walker at centre-back um, against Southampton yesterday in the League Cup. Man United are through to the semi-finals, like I mentioned earlier. Really happy about that. But I think this is a step too soon for Manchester United. I think everyone's been really happy with how well Marcus Rashford has done. I've been really happy with how well Marcus Rashford has done. We've got Wug, uh, Woot Weghorst looking to come into the team uh, coming in soon as well. Uh, maybe a medical today or tomorrow. We, we're not sure about that. Next hours, yeah. Coming Next hours. Coming hours. Medical. See, this is why I got you on, Luca. You know the information for transfers. It's great. Absolutely fantastic. Um, but realistically speaking, I think it's going to be a top four season for Manchester United. I think it's going to be very difficult to continue um, going forward as well. I think we're in the best form we possibly can be to play this Manchester City side. But I think Manchester City, after they demolished us 6-3 earlier this season as well, it's hard to get that out of my mind of how well they did against us. Um, and we had a near-strength team as well, near-full-strength team. Um, we just have a different mentality about us this season, which is great. What do you think about the game? Do you think Manchester City will be too strong for Man United, Luca? Or do you think there's an upset on the cards? I actually think so because they have a robot as a striker. They, they, they do. They do not have oh, a normal man. striker. They have a, a superhuman, you know, and they have also a player that he, he's very good in, in assisting Holland, which is Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. And, and a full team, a whole team working for Holland uh, and for goals. So Manchester City, they are a very good team at the moment. I think they are stronger than Manchester United, even if Manchester United, United are doing very, very well. Their form is improving. And, um, uh, I hope for you that this season could be the one of being back in the top four. I hope so too. I think it's the case where uh, even if we get a silverware, if we get like a League Cup or an FA Cup or a Europa League, I'd be so happy with that and top four because Champions League football is needed at Old Trafford. I miss those European nights. I don't like going on Thursdays, Luca, to watch football in, in the Europa League. It's not suitable for me. I need Wednesdays and Tuesdays for Champions League. But I think Ericsson Hogg for me has changed the culture for Manchester United. He's got the standards up higher and higher and higher after every month at Manchester United as well. And just kind of like with Pioli at AC Milan when he came in, there's similarities there. A younger coach coming in, changing the standards, changing the culture. And it's worked really well, in my opinion, for Ericsson Hogg so far. And it's done so much in the last couple of months already that we're still in a transition phase. And Man United fans, are some some of them are getting quite happy, potentially getting, getting really happy. But I'm just happy that we're back to a normal standard of Manchester United, um, which is great to see as well. So I'm really happy about that. I'm going to be a classic Man United fan here, Luca, and say we're going to win. I think we're going to win 2-1 against Manchester City. I'm expecting us to have a great performance, counter-attacking performance against this Manchester City side. I hope Marcus Rashford builds on his, his impressive form as well. And someone who I want to shout out as well, who's had very good 
recent couple of games, not just Casemiro, but Luke Shaw. I think Luke Shaw is finally back to his best at Manchester United, rather playing as a centre-back or as a left-back as well. Yeah, um, very interesting move to yeah. play him as a centre-back because I wasn't expecting that kind of move. And then Herrick Tanag, he did a good move, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. And you don't normally see that as well. Someone who's played there for a good number of years at left back from like 17, 18, and now is like 26, 27, is already starting um, at, left, at left centre back ahead of Ma- uh, Maguire or Lisandro Martinez. And it's crazy to see how well he would do. But one big battle I've got for you as well. Obviously, you mentioned Kevin De Bruyne. I mentioned Casemiro. Do you think Casemiro will hold down Kevin De Bruyne, Luca? Do you think that's going to be a big test of... Uh, De Bruyne's character facing the golf, facing off against Casemiro again, especially after last season's Champions League semi-final disappointment. Yeah, of course, it will be a very important test for De Bruyne because Casemiro is, in my opinion, the best uh, defensive midfielder in the world. Yep. He has been for some years right now. He has played also a very good World Cup with Brazil, even if they didn't manage to go to the final or the semi-finals. Definitely. But he played he played very well and he's an experienced player he knows how to foul and when to foul he knows how to tackle and when to do it he has a very very good positioning so in my opinion casemiro is a fantastic player and, and his ball to, passing as well his long range passing. passing yeah of course but i think against de bruyne he's not going to be a regista you know yeah but more uh an interception player to, to stop kevin de bruyne a classic opinion. number six classic defense yeah, exactly Definitely. And let's I was, see. I was thinking maybe we should play McTominay and Casemiro together as well for this game. Defend against Bernardo Silva, who was rested yesterday. Riyad Mahrez as well, rested yesterday. Haaland and De Bruyne rested yesterday as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing how well Manchester United do against Manchester City. But no, thank you for your time today, Luke. It's been fantastic to speak to you and to learn from you as well. One last thing before I know you have to go off to a, a secret event. I know what it is, which is great. Um Name me your top three transfers of 2022-23 season. What's been the best transfers that you've seen so far this season? The best transfer for me is Erling Holland to okay. Manchester City. Mm. Uh, second, in my opinion, it's Kvara to Napoli. Because yep. if we consider the price and the quality he has been expressing, the impact he had, uh, Kvara for sure is in the top three. And then for the third spot, I'm actually thinking about that because it's not not easy. What's mm. your opinion about that? Uh, so I've got I've got Lisandro Martinez as one of our best signings uh, of the season so far as well. Again, it's just me being biased. I think it's fantastic um, for for Manchester United. One signing I thought would be very good to actually talk to you about, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this as well. Um, with Frankfurt signing Colo Muani on a permanent, yeah. I thought that was a really good that's, deal. That's a very interesting deal too, mm. and. He's. I'm giving you a news. He's not moving in January. So your hopes to to see him at Manchester United in January <laughs> they can go low. Uh, oh, no. But you you got Wood Weggers as a as a striker. He yep. will he will be official very soon. And Kolomuani um, is a player that many many teams are keen on. Top teams. I mean Manchester yep. United such a couldn't be sealed. Mm. Okay. The deal yep. couldn't be sealed for Colomani to AC Milan. Of course, they were not on the verge of signing, but they had some discussions. AC Milan liked the player. And then he went to Frankfurt for no fee. And that's an amazing... That, that's what I call an amazing transfer because he will leave for, I think, 70, 80 million. Wow. Could be, could be a fee, yeah. With these crazy transfer prices uh, that are set if he confirms himself as a very, very, very good striker in the Bundesliga, I don't know why he couldn't go for... Sorry, no, I was just I was just saying he could have gone for something more as well, obviously leaving Nantes um, to go to Frankfurt as well. So I thought that would have been a very good deal um, for him as well. And I think personally PSG should be looking at him as well. It'd be really good to have him as a target man, working with Neymar and Mbappe and probably Messi behind him as well. That would work really good for Mbappe's pivot gang. Um, as well, which I think would be pretty good. But no, one other player I wanted to mention as well, who I thought has, a re- has been a really good signing, Chouameni to Real Madrid. They're not even missing yeah. Casemiro with how well he is as a, as a defensive midfielder. Fantastic player to watch. Chouameni is the future because Honestly. he's more modern than Casemiro. He's yeah. very dynamical. He's physical, but not as much as Casemiro. Uh, though he's faster than Casemiro, he has good ball passing, good interception. 
very strong also on aerial duels, even if he has to improve on that aspect. Yeah. And he has a potential that is amazing. If you think that he's like 22, I don't know his age, but I think 22, and he's playing uh, as a total starter for Real Madrid, he's already very important for Real Madrid. And do you think what what he can do, basically? He, what he, can't he do is the answer. Yeah, Honestly, what exactly, can't he do? Exactly. What can't Remember, he do, yeah. Just in the World Cup, he was just dominating games by himself or with Griezmann in the midfield as well. An absolute joy of a player to watch. And like you said, a more modern defensive midfielder. And we're going to be seeing a lot more of Chiumeni over the future. And hopefully Camavinga, Valverde, and maybe an Englishman that we'll talk about on another podcast, potentially going to Real Madrid um, as well, which will be good fun. Uh, uh, yeah. Maybe. That's, that's, that's a whole other topic completely. If, it if would be go. probably the best transfer Wherever he goes, the best transfer of the next summer, you know. Galacticos, 2023, it could happen. You never know, you never know. It could uh, happen, but also definitely. some English teams. So it's a, it's an open race. For it him. really is. It really, really is. Right, Luca, I know you have to go, um, but like yeah, I mentioned I have, before, yeah. why I, don't I you can tell say, us where you're going now? Oh, perfect. I'll let you say it. Go for it. Where, okay. are, we, where are you going to now, Luca? I'm going to AC Milan headquarter right now because Ismail Benacer, a very important midfielder is going to sign his contract extension until 2027. He will have, and that's interesting for you and for England, a 50 million release clause that, in my opinion, is an absolute bargain for Benacer. But this, this clause will not be valid starting from the next summer. Okay, mm. It will be valid starting from 2024. Yeah. In case he confirms himself in the next year, I think he would be, it would be an absolute bargain for 50 million. And yeah. uh, that's it. So I have to go to AC Milan headquarter. No worries. What a way to end the I podcast, think, there, Luca. I think it would be already official when the podcast is online. Yep. But let's see. Okay. That's, it's all good. I'm I'm looking forward to it. But no, Luca, thank you very much for your time. Wonderful to speak to you, my friend. Next time I get you on the podcast, bring Christina Vieri or Zicardo on. I'd love to speak to him as well. It'd be great. Okay, my friend. Okay. No worries. Have a lovely day. Thanks a lot, my friend. It has been a pleasure for me and sorry for my English. It's not that perfect. But Your English is perfect. It's, no, better no, than no, my it's better than my Italian. That's all I'm saying. Your English is fantastic, honestly. Okay. Thanks Great a lot, fun. mate. Thanks a lot. No it has been a pleasure. Thank you. Likewise. Take care. See you later. There we go.